in the book of Galatians, chapter number 2. The book of Galatians, chapter number 2. Good evening. I hope that you had a wonderful day today. I'm going to preach a message. I think that would uh, help us. I'm going to try to get uh, some of these technical difficulties here. Bear with me for a second. Galatians chapter 6, find your place. In verse number 2. I'm just sending my notes downstairs. All right, it's there. Chapter number 6 and verse number 2. If you're able to bodily, let's honor the word of God as they did in the book of Nehemiah. And let's go ahead and stand up and read the word of God. Uh, We'll read verse number 2. Verse number 2, very familiar chapter to us, Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 2. It says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to look at that here in just a few moments. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you'd guide our minds. I pray, Lord, that the distraction would be very, very limited to none. Lord, thank you for the songs that we already have heard. Lord, we see that if we neglect to pray and we neglect to sing and we neglect to gather, Lord, how devastating that could be in a society. Lord, our message once was hurled throughout our country, was accepted and loved. And that's at one point had a zenith, Lord, a lot of people wanted it. But now in our day, Lord, it seems uh, that there is a spirit of antichrist. But, Lord, this is a special group of people you have gathered tonight to come on a Sunday night. Lord, I know deep down in their hearts, in our hearts, we do truly love you. And we want to do what's right. And we don't want to be discouraged. And we don't want the world to overshadow you in our lives. You are the sun. And, Lord, no darkness can cover up your light. And, Lord, help us as your children, you called us to be the light of the world. That as the world gets worse, I pray that we get better. In Jesus' name, I ask it all. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. Now, the world has to get worse before Christ comes. That's a truth in Scripture. It's hard to believe that, but it's true. And Americans sometimes, obviously... We see it in our country because of the runaway train that people have jumped on away from God. And we're seeing the results of that to the point that it's affecting our daily life, whereas there were people that had some work ethic and worked and had value in work because they believe what the Bible says, that if a man does not work, neither shall he eat. But some of those foundational truths have been attacked and our foundation is being destroyed right in front of us. But as a Christian, we have a haven, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus has not left earth without hope. He gave us the Holy Ghost. And I believe the rapture has not happened yet. And so the Holy Ghost is alive right now. He's with us here in Eden, New York, as we speak together, as we look at his word. And so may I, yes, be positive, 
but not uh, in family, fantasy world. So it's a hard balance to have. It's a very hard balance to have to see that there are evil and, and, and really, really bad things happening. And it's not that you're ignoring it, but you're not letting it affect you because you've got a job to do. The darker is the place, the smallest light shines brightest when it's the darkest. And so I asked, as it gets darker, we don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to follow the discouragement with them. We then are the ones that have the truth, the hope, and we are the ones to encourage them and say there is help. There is help come to the Faith Bible Baptist Church because it's not perfect. The people are irritating and uh, we annoy each other to the nth degree. But these, these are the people I'm going to call if I'm in trouble. These are the same people I'm going to call when I'm in big trouble. These are the people that I look at you right now. These are the same people that I trust to help me. And so may I say this, as it get dark, darker out there, let's get sweeter in here. As it gets harsher out there, Let's get sweeter in here. All right? We'll need it. We'll need each other in the times to come. We'll need each other in the times to come. Uh, The Bible speaks of brotherhood. He talks about brethren, the beloved. And so we, we need that concept in our mind. All right? We need that concept in our mind. Now, if we had to serve God by ourselves, then we have to. But if there's brothers and sisters that would want to serve God with us, let us not uh, reject their offer to be with us, all right? Let us join together with them as brothers in arms. So the, the title of the message today is Lend a Helping Hand. Lend a Helping Hand. Be ready to help somebody today, and particularly the people of God. All right, let's read again here verse 1 of Galatians chapter number 6. Brethren, it's referring to us, those that have known Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are the one being addressed. And it says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, tell everybody about it. And make sure they'll never rise from the ashes. Bury them. It's talking to brethren, so it is a possibility that somebody amongst us could do something as a saved individual. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And see, he challenges us here already right away that We don't exist simply for ourselves. And our Christianity cannot just be selfish. It has to be one that affects and influences others around us. It has to be that way. It has to be that way because God designed it that way. God designed it that way. Paul, at one point, reached somebody that reached somebody that reached somebody that reached somebody that reach somebody, and all of a sudden, the gospel is in even New York sometime. 
That's how it worked. Somebody got reached and reached, and then all of a sudden it's here. It's the same gospel Paul preached. It's the same glorious gospel Jesus mentioned to us. It's the same, and it was passed on and on and on and on, and we're doing the same with the missionaries we support. We're not there. We're not there, but in our spirit of prayer, in our spirit of cooperation and giving them financial aid because people need money everywhere you go. And so we give them that so that the gospel that came to Eden does not stop in Eden, but goes throughout the rest of the world. And it goes on and on, and you need a whole lot of people working together to get the job done. You need a whole lot of people working together to get the job done. Christianity is a Christianity of togetherness. It is not, it is not, my friends, it is not a a selfish, principled uh, idea. It is, in, in its very core, very selfless. It's a very selfless, selfless uh, principle that we believe in this true Christianity. And look at what it says. Verse number two, and we find the verse. All right? Amongst this thing, in Galatians 6, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. What is Christ all about? Helping people. It's so simple. It's simply exactly what he says here. He's all about helping those that need help. And even to his hurt. All right? Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse number three gives us uh, clarification here. For if a man think himself, here's an individualistic mindset here we got, to himself, if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Verse 4, but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not another. Verse number 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. So here's the double truth. Here's the double truth. Everybody that lives as a Christian we are promised to have burdens. Can I ask who has a burden tonight? It's all right. Everybody's eyes are open. I, it's, it's, not, it's not a funny question. Who has a burden? All of us have a burden. Everyone in this room has a burden. And God says that to be true. How are we going to get help? to bear the burdens we all individually have. How do we do that? He gave us the answer. By going to one another and say, hey, brother, you have a problem? I have a problem. Let's work together so that we can ease each other's problem. Let me help you as you help me. I don't remember who the preacher was, but there was an illustration, I think it was last year. Mm. I believe it was with a Chuck Harding. And he brought a chair here. Do you remember that? And I think my son Micah sat on the chair. Anybody remember that? 
and he called four other men to come with him to lift up the chair. What was the point? The point that he himself could not do and carry that burden. He was talking about our country. Our country, our country has a burden. And as Americans, we should be burdened for our country. And so we pray on Wednesday. Men and women pray in this, in this room. The women go over there. The men go downstairs in the room. Every Wednesday at 9 a.m., if you can make it, come, all right, and pray. And we pray for our country. And he illustrated that and said that our country is like that, and we need a lot of people working together to carry a burden. And we know the truth. It's easier for four men to carry Micah than for one man to do it. It doesn't change in our spiritual walk. In our spiritual walk, you will not make it on your own. You're going to need somebody sometime. You're going to need somebody sometime. You're going to need a preacher. You're going to need a teacher. You're going to, get a, you need to get, you're going to need a grandma. You're going to need a mother. You're going to need a father. You're going to need somebody sometime in your Christianity to get you through to the next step. Am I saying something that is so far up there? I think I'm saying something so true. And it's uncomfortable because it involves you involving yourself with people. But who do we fool if we don't help people? Because our basis, our very, very foundation as a Christian is to help people. So we cannot go away from that if we want to be true Christians. We have to stick around it. We have to be in it. We have to, we have to be enveloped. We have to be, that has to be us. We have to be about helping people. Helping people here. Helping people there. Helping people anywhere we can. We just have to be helping people. Helping. Helping. Helping there. That's the way it goes. Because we're true Christians. What did Jesus do? Anywhere he went, he helped people. With all kinds of infirmities. Uh, physical ones, mental ones, spiritual ones. What did he do? He helped people. Deserving or undeserving, he helped people. And he honored faith. He honored faith anywhere he went. If somebody trusted and believed that God can do the impossible, he did it for them. With no question asked. Lend a helping hand has to be our motto as a Christian because our master lived it out. That was his motto. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He loved the disciples to the end. He's making intercession for us right now. Look at Romans 13, 8 to verse number 10. Romans 13, 8 to verse number 10. Romans 13, 8 through verse number 10. Owe no man anything. That's another command. Owe no man anything. But to love one another. You should love somebody like you owe them. Have you ever thought about that? Owe no man. You know, when you owe somebody something, you're a little bit nicer to these people. Or there's two things that you could do. You could hide away and don't let, every, <laughs> don't let them ever see you again. 
but 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 if you owe something, if, if you owe somebody a favor, like if somebody did something for you and you owe them a favor, you treat them different. If you're if you've got any morality and you if you got any human uh, uh, any kind of conscience, if somebody did me a favor, man, I would be so thankful for them. I would be so uh, uh, my attitude would be anything you want, anything you want, anything you need. I'm going to help you. Uh, whatever it is that you need, I am at your service because of what you did for me. Remember those days uh, in time past where uh, men would be saved, their life would be spared, and the person that spared their life, they, they, they put themselves in their hands. And because you spared my life, now I give you my life to serve you for the rest of it. People did it back in the day. Owe no man anything but to love one another. We're talking about the fulfillment of the law in Galatians. What does that mean to fulfill the law of Christ in Galatians 6.2? We're going to talk about it here. Owe no man anything, in Romans 13, verse 8, but to love one another, for he, this is so clear, I don't know how clear God can make it for us, for he that loveth another had fulfilled the law. The whole law. For this, and look at, it refers to the Ten Commandments. It's telling you exactly what fulfills the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. We find that in the Ten Commandments, do we not? Thou shalt not kill. Do we not find that there in the Ten Commandments in Exodus and also in Deuteronomy? Now it continues, thou shalt not steal. It's still there. Thou shalt not bear false witness. That's still there. Thou shalt not covet. Now all of these commandments are part of what we call the Ten Commandments. Nothing to do with the first four on the top that has to do with God and you. Right? This is all your relationship with people. And so God is saying here that we want to fulfill this law. If you want to keep this law, it's fulfilled in this, that you love one another. And how do you love one another? One of the facets of that. Galatians 6.2. Bear ye one another's burdens. Is that clear now? Now look. In verse number... uh, a, uh, 9, it, 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 it gives us all the law. Thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, <laughs> I love this, it's briefly comprehended in this saying. God says, Let me, let's make this so simple. Let me just make this so easy for you to understand. Let me just put it on the bottom shelf right here, guys. Let me just make this so clear. He said this, in this saying, namely, look at, it's going to tell us, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There's the fulfillment of the law. There's the fulfillment of the law. Is love. All right, some of us here are very stickler with laws. If there's a law, there's some of us that are given to the letter of the law. And that's why God warns us to have also the spirit of the law. All right? The letter of the law killeth. Remember that. And so the fulfillment of the law is to love one another. A new commandment I leave unto you, Jesus said. And what is that? That you love one another. What's one facet of that? Bear ye one another's burdens. 
It's going to get uncomfortable here because I'm going to say some uncomfortable things. It's going to come your way. Here it comes. All right? This is something I struggle with because I do enjoy some privacy. I do, some, I do enjoy some alone time. I like it when there's nobody calling me at times. You know I'm on the phone all the time. There's sometimes I just want to get away from it all. Right? You know what I'm saying that, saying that to you? Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being transparent to you. We're humans. We're going to get drained. We need recharge. All right? And there's nothing wrong with you to say, it's enough right now. I can't handle anymore. If I do, I'm going to fall apart. I need Jesus with me right now. I just need to get alone. Jesus did the same thing. He said, I'm, I'm done for now because I need, I, need, I need to be with my God that will sustain me, that would help me. Now look at this. In verse number 10. Man, I'm convicted with this verse. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Ponder that. Just sit on that for a few seconds. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. It matters how you talk about your neighbors. It matters how you react to your neighbors. It matters how you either help them when they need help or ignore them when they need help. It matters to your God. Why? Because he said that the fulfillment of the law is to love one another And one facet of loving one another is bearing one another's burden. We don't have the convenience to ignore people that need our help. We have no convenience to say, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm I'm totally expired. I am so tired. I don't want to help no more. Because my Jesus helped everyone he can. And he is helping everyone. If your Christianity only comes to the point of convenience, then my friend, ain't enough. Ain't enough. Your God died for you. That's the mark of true Christianity. The holy God died for sinful men. Undeserving. Undeserving of his holiness, but he gave it and he died. And it's so convicting when God says to me, You need to help that person. You have to go visit them. You have to talk to them because they need you to listen to them. And I say, I don't have enough time. I can't do it anymore. I got other things I have to do. When God says, but I need you to, but I need you to, because 
the fulfillment of what you are about as a Christian is to bear one another's burdens. People should be able to call you in this church if you need something. Are you the people that people call when they need it? Or are you the people that they say, no, I don't even want to bother because I might just be annoying to that person. I just don't want to bother. Now, let me be practical, and I'm going to get some more of that. What happens is, and we see it in society, that the people that do this end up being very few. And then everybody else takes advantage of the people that do the work. And so in the church, you got 5% of the work being 5% of the people doing 95% of the work. And 90% of the people, and I don't think that's in our church. There are so many people that do so many things. And so my challenge is this. Some of you have been taught. Some of you have been, have been helped. Some of you have been grown up in some of these good things at Faith Bible Baptist Church. Won't you help us? Won't you help us? Won't you get up and find something that you could do for your almighty God? Won't you help us? I'm crying out loud as your pastor. Won't you help us find something to do? Can I encourage you? Come. Come and help us. There's so many people to be helped. You know, at one point we had a debt ministry. There's one point there was a debt ministry here. We can still have a debt ministry. Now, uh, uh, <laughs> slow down a little bit. I'm not trying to find busy work for you that know me. I'm not trying to find busy work. You know me. You know me enough. We do a lot of stuff here in this church, and I appreciate that. But we need your help to maintain the things that are already happening. We need some help. There's some people that are of our ranks that are just getting old. They don't never want to stop. If you ask them point blank, they don't ever want to stop. But their body is telling them you can't do it anymore. And this year I've seen some transitions that has happened with young people stepping up and fulfilling some of the roles of the older. And I'm encouraged by that. But let me say this. We could do so much more. We could do so much more. But I'm not going to promote anything for us to do if I don't get you involved. You have to join us. You have to join us. You have to be on our side. You have to be saying, Pastor, let me lock arms with you. Pastor, let me lock arms with you. Sis, let me lock arms with you. Mrs. Barron, uh, my, my, my wife, let me lock arms with you. And let's do something. But I need more. I'm not going to promote anything here if I know I can't have the people to work it. Because I'm tired of asking the same people to do the same thing over and over again. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying, I'm just trying to be honest. You want more ministry? I need more individuals that don't have skin in the game. Because a lot of the people that do the work, I am, I, uh, I, I am, I am saddened to see uh, that a lot of them are going to fall into this. And I'm not saying 
I'm not saying this. I have to be careful. Sunday night is family night. If they're not careful, they're going to burn out because they're doing too much. We need other people to say, I'm newly saved. I don't know what I could do, but can I plug in somewhere? And I'd be willing to listen, and I'd be willing to do what I need to do to be a blessing. I would shout. I would just cry. I would just praise God if somebody did that. I'm not forcing you. That's not why I'm preaching the message. I'm led to do this because we need each other. We need each other. Can't give it to the same few people that do the work. They're just going to, have you ever seen mom at home? She cooks, she cooks, she, she does the dishes, uh, she does the laundry. Is that tiring moms, those that have done that? Would it have been nice if one of your daughters and one of your sons said, Mom, this time on breakfast, I'll do the dishes. That's what we're talking about here at church. Hey, pastor, you, you, you've done so much already, Pastor Cole. Can we do some of it? Can we do some of it? Pastor said you've done a lot. Can we do some of it? A lot of times it falls on the few people because they're never going to complain. But the problem is we rest in their labor and we don't do nothing. So I'm going to be strong and say this. It's time. It's time. You need to find somebody to lead to the Lord. And, and let these few people that always lead people to the Lord. Your turn. Your turn. Your turn. Your turn to watch people in the, in the, in the nursery. Your turn. Right? Mrs. Bespa, how long have you been in this church? It's your turn to be here for 40 years. It's your turn. Why? Because God says that all of it means is to love one another. And the facet of that is to bear one another's burdens. The church has burdens it bears and needs its people to share those burdens. The home has burdens it bears and it needs the members of the family to bear those burdens together. To love others is the fulfillment of the law. Helping our brethren uh, bear their burdens is a demonstration of our love for them. What's a burden? In, 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 Deuter- uh, in, uh, in the Noah Webster Dictionary, what does it mean? That which is born or carried, a load. Hence, that which is born with labor or difficulty. That which is grievous, wearisome, or oppressive. Sounds fun. Sounds like I want to do this. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. Do you get tired? So is everybody else. But if we pull together and use each other's resource, we could do some more resting as a whole, and we can do a lot more done than letting a few people do all the work and then at times get frustrated. I don't want any of you doing anything with an attitude. 
Something is wrong if you're serving in your ministry and you have an attitude while you're doing it. Something is wrong with your service. Now, there could be bad days. I have bad days. Flat tire. Light comes on in the car. Roof shingles flies off. And I have to minister. I have to be able to, to, to figure all that out and then do something that I need to do. All right? I understand there's bad days. But if you're serving in the ministry in the church, you're doing things for the Lord, and you have an attitude, a negative attitude as you're doing it, what's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? Burdens can come from many things. Sickness, financial difficulties, death of loved ones. A lot of that is happening in the church even right now. Backsliding. People that once were here now are gone. They're in backsliding stage out that burdens. Some of us, some parents are praying for wayward children and more. Burdens can cause a Christian to slow down, get discouraged, and sometimes even quit. And God commands us to help, comfort, and strengthen each other with our burdens. Jesus came and bore some of our burdens. Look at this in Matthew 8 and verse 17. Matthew chapter number 8 and verse number 17. Matthew 8 and verse number 17. Matthew chapter number 8 and verse number 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Jesus did this all over the place. He took burdens from people. He made their load lighter. He took some of the problem. He got involved when it was difficult. He got involved when it was uncomfortable. He got involved even when his reputation could be in the line. He got involved if it meant he was going to get dirty a little bit. Well, that's not my problem. I don't have to deal with it. Oh, that's nothing to do with me. Uh, It's just happening in my church, but it's got nothing to do with me. And I understand there's authorities that can deal with problems, and you should not be the authority, all right? You're not. Don't deal with the problem. We should be praying for the church. We should be praying for one another. We should be doing our part to make sure that we're easing up the burden that is being carried in this church. We have three, we have two churches that are, that are young churches. We have pastors and families of these young churches. We bear that burden with them. Brother God, I appreciate you. You know that we have your back anytime. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. I'm glad Brother Ben's doing what he's doing. But we bear those burdens with them. Right? We're bearing burdens. It affects us. It matters. We can't just turn our our eyes and walk away. It's part of who we are and we have to help them. Matthew 11, 28 and 30. Very, very, very amazing verses. What an invitation from our God. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the attitude we should have. Are you 
heavy burden. Come, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is used as an example, bared, bore people's burdens. Help those that don't deserve it. Help those that don't deserve it. Look at Exodus 23 and verse number 5. Exodus 23 and verse number 5. This is hilarious. Help those that don't deserve it. Exodus 23 and verse number 5. All right? It's a Bible word right there, but it means uh, beast of burden. All right? Ass. If thou see the ass of him that hated thee. Wow. <laughs> they, don't, they didn't mince word, didn't they? <laughs> they just said it like it was. Look at this. If thou see the ass of him that hated thee, lying under his burden. Okay, so it's, a, it's a beast of burden. Like we, don't, we don't drive horses around anymore. Some of our friends in Kanawango do. Uh, the Amish people that build our furniture, they do. But we don't do that in, our, in us anymore. But they have beast of burden. And, and an ass, a donkey, uh, was used as, as a transportation. And they would carry burdens, loads of things. And look at it says, And wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. So if you see the person that hates you, let's say broken down on the side of the road, God says, go help him. If you see somebody that hates you, broken down on the side of the road, go help him. Go bear his burden. If God wants us to help those that hate us, how much more would he want us to help those that the Bible says we should love? Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Help the weak. Look at Romans 15, 1 to 3. Help the weak. Help those that don't deserve it. Help the weak. Romans 15, 1 to 3. When then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, let every one of us please his neighbor for the, his good of edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. He took the shame that all of us deserve. He hung on the cross. You didn't. He did. But he did it for you. And now you have his love and grace and his salvation. He took the reproaches and it fell on him. When's the last time you took the blame for somebody else? When's the last time you took the blame for somebody else? I did this once and didn't pay off. So I don't know why I'm telling you this. But, every, but everything gets righted. Everything will be pronounce because God is the God of justice and he will make it all right. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, say the Lord. And so there was a team of us that were supposed to do something for the church and something didn't go just right. And we were responsible now because we we're the ones that supposed to have made it go right and somebody failed to do their job. And I said, it was my fault. It was my fault. Blame me. 
it was my fault. Why? Because I loved the people that I was working with. And if I could bear the burden of embarrassment, I'll take it for them. When's the last time you did that for your wife, gentlemen? When's the last time you did that for your husband, wives? When's the last time you took hurt for somebody you love? When's the last time? We're Christians. We're Christians. Our Jesus did this. We should be exhibiting this. We should at times take the blame for somebody we love. People used to do it back then. And we could do it. Be a blessing and not a burden. Look at this, Luke eleven forty six. I'm almost done. Luke eleven forty six, And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers. Ooh, that's a good phrase you can talk to your lawyers about. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers. Exclamation point. For ye laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Are you a burden bearer or a burden giver? Are you a burden bearer? You make, e- make things easy? Or are you one of the things that make things hard? as a Christian God told us to be practicing preferring one another we should not be difficult people we should be very very easy people to get along with we should not be hard people to get along with are you making it hard or are you making it easy are you making it hard in your marriage or are you making it easy? Are you making it hard at home? Or are you making it easy? I'm not saying to, to be a doormat and just surrender all the right and truth of Scripture. I'm not saying that. There's a portion of Scripture that tells us that we need to contend for the faith. We need to stand for truth. All right? All right? That's the balancing of this. When's the last time... You just made the situation easier because you were involved rather than making it difficult. Are you a burden giver? That when you walk in the room, oh, no. Or when you walk in the room, yes, 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 yes. It's going to happen now. It's going to get fixed. Praise the Lord. What are you? What are you? In the Christian faith that we have, uh, you can either be giving burdens or easing some of the burdens. We can help others with our words in carrying burdens, and we can help them with deed. With words, look at Ephesians 4.29. We've got three more verses to look at, and we'll be done. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, 
but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. How's your words lately? How's your words lately? Did they pull cold water on people? Has your words been encouraging? And you can correct people, and they can still be encouraged simply by the way you speak. So be careful. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace. What's grace? Ability. Your words should enable people to do things rather than discourage them and have them left defeated. Okay? Help them with your words. First Thessalonians 5.11 Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And then two here, deeds. How can you encourage and how can you bear the burdens of people sometimes by uh, your words? Pray. Pray. You can do both and pray. You use words and you're actually doing them uh, deed. Prayer is a deed. Look at Mark 2, 3 to 5. There's a story of the sick of the palsy. And you find it in Matthew. You find it in Mark. You find it in Luke. And I want to read you the book of Mark, Mark 2 and verse 3 to 5. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born, what? What's that? To carry, to bear, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. This is talking about Jesus. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay, Verse 5, when Jesus saw the faith of the sick of the palsy, no. When Jesus saw the faith of the four that bore the sick of the palsy. Look at that. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sons be forgiven thee. Actually, better yet, it's the faith of all five men that Jesus saw. Because it took the four men as much faith to take their sick friend and we're assuming he's a friend. He doesn't say necessarily that. But I'm assuming he's a friend. Those four, their faith and the faith of the sick of the palsy. Did you see the pronoun word, the word there is there, their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, you see that? When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Not only did he forgive them their sins, and there was a big debacle about that as we read the rest of the story. There was an argument that happened because of that. And he said that that happened, but also he said to the sick of the palsy, rise up, take up thy bed and walk. And the sick of the palsy walked. But this story would not have been possible if there was not four men that bore the burden of the one. Here's a practical approach, Christians, in the church. I've been here about two years now. And it's just in human beings, we only have so much time we have, right? And in a group amount of people that we have, it's hard to, to really get to know everybody intimately. And I don't think the Lord necessarily wants that. But what he is asking is, who are you helping today. When's the last time you said, you know what? I don't know that couple that sits over there. 
we sit here all the time, but I don't know who, who that couple that sits over there. And maybe what I'm going to do, uh, maybe it's a couple talking, maybe we need to make the steps to get to know those people. And maybe we're going to approach them and just introduce ourselves on a Sunday morning or on a Sunday or on a Wednesday when we're in church already. I'm just going to get out of my seat. Instead of talking to the people that I already know very well and talk to, I'm just going to stand up out of that group for a little bit and go over to those people and say, my name is so-and-so, and this is my wife and her name is so-and-so, and start a conversation. And move on and say, would you care to come to our house and have dinner with us? Or can we go out dinner somewhere? Those are so practical things, and you might not be comfortable with that. But I don't know what human way you can introduce yourself with other people. Find another human way to introduce yourself with other people. Get to know some of the people that go to church with you so that you can learn some of the burdens and so you can carry it with them. I've learned so many things being the pastor simply because I was available and I extended myself and said, I'm available for you to talk to me. And they've talked to me and have given to me some things that they probably would not say to anybody else. But now I know them. And guess what now? I'm a burden bearer with them. Some of them are struggling with marriages. Some of them are struggling with other things. Some are struggling financially. Some are struggling health-wise. Some are struggling with wayward children. There's so many people that have burdens. And they sit among you. They sit among you. They could be right next to you. And as a Christian, God says in Galatians 6 to a command, Jesus says, bear ye one another's burden. He didn't say pastor, bear ye their burden. No, I'm bearing your burden not just because I'm a pastor. More than that, I'm bearing your burden because I'm a Christian. Who are you bearing burdens with? Who? Who are you involved with that you're bearing their burdens? All right? And then as you develop that relationship with those people, guess what you need to do? You need to now use your time and give them the time they need. Now you need to move on to other people and find somebody else, somebody else new again to start it all over again. And say, now, I know that couple. Maybe I'm going to ask them to join me to go to that couple over there and say hi and see what happens. Not everybody's going to click with you. You guys notice that? Not everybody's going to say, oh, I like you. Let's just do things together. No, it doesn't work that way. But when you do it, you find that there's people that will click with you. Right? you find that people will click with you. And then you get to minister to them and bear their burdens, as the scripture tells us, to bear one another's burden. Who are you loving on in your Christian family? Work on it. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. All right? Don't be afraid that the people that you are hanging around with all the time, if you venture out and find other people, that they're going to be upset at you. Just don't forget them. Give them the time they need to. But then move on. Find somebody that needs it. Who's going to take somebody out to eat this week? Who's going to say, 
let me take you out for coffee, my brother. Who's going to say, do you need anything? You can call me. Who's going to text somebody, happy birthday, because it was their birthday? Who's going to do those things? We can, as brothers and sisters. We can know people that way. And we can bear their burdens with them. And so help one another in the body of Christ. You know, if some of you are bearing burdens, and I know some of you do, guess what? It helps your pastor. If you bear some of those burdens, guess what? You alleviate my responsibility. And we get the job done. Lord, uh, we are thankful that you are a burden bearer. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you came and that you died for us. And you took the burden of our sins from us. Lord, uh, we know now your love. You manifested it by showing, showing us by dying on the cross. And so we're very thankful, Lord, for what you've done. Lord, we're asking that you'd help us in bearing burdens of others around us. That we would do the same thing. Lord, that we would learn to be Christians that love one another, and that we would bear the burdens of others around us. Help us to find somebody to help today. Help us to find somebody that we can minister to, that we can encourage, that we can help maybe through sickness. We can help them through some of their major, major trials of life. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive Christians. Help us to be selfless at times, Lord, not wanting just to be uh, pleased ourselves like Jesus. He did not those things that pleased him because he was so concerned about helping other people. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us. And as we go now to the Lord's Supper, as we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight, Lord, uh, I pray, Lord, that we would uh, think of what you've done on the cross. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice you made for us. Lord, as we think of that tonight, Lord, I pray uh, that uh, our hearts would be grateful always for salvation. So grateful, Lord, that it would challenge us to tell another soul about you. Lord, as we remember what you've done, help us, Lord, to be burdened, not to keep it to ourselves, but, Lord, help us to give it to somebody else. Lord, bless us now as we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.